In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. With your permission, Lord Jesus Christ, truly present with us in the Blessed Sacrament. Every topic is special when we come before the Blessed Sacrament, especially when we have the Blessed Sacrament exposed in the monstrance. It's for want of a better way of putting it, it is a, it's a special spiritual treat to have the real Jesus, the full presence of Jesus so close to us. And only if God becomes human could Jesus Christ issue this very special commandment. I won't leave you in suspense. I'll tell you what it is. In a certain sense, he couldn't reveal it at the beginning, even though he gave three years of profound instruction. You have literally thousands and thousands of books written about every phrase Jesus articulated. But only after God takes on human form and only after God hangs out in this world for a number of years can this commandment be disclosed. If God would have disclosed this commandment to Moses, it would be almost unintelligible because you don't get such a close picture of God by just observing his creation or hearing the Ten Commandments. The apostles had to live with God for three years to get a glimmer of what this commandment was all about. In fact, in this commandment is concentrated the entire Bible. What is it? You know what it is. It's sort of the virtual last words of Jesus. It's called the New Commandment. And if you go Opus Dei center hopping, uh, if it's a center geared for young people, not every Opus Dei center is geared to young people. It's not anti-young, it's just the formation is geared towards older people. Um, some, in some room, there's going to be a framed scriptural quotation titled with two Latin words, mandatum novum, which means the new commandment. There's no 
article in Latin. So it's mandatum novum, the new commandment. St. Maria wanted that commandment framed. So we're always reminded what God's will is and what it takes to evangelize. A center of Opus Dei is meant to be a forum for evangelization, to connect with Jesus so that we could bring Jesus to others. And the medium through which we attract people to Jesus in every era, especially this one, is that we approach that commandment as close as we can. It's impossible to get it all right because Jesus happens to be perfect man and perfect God. But here it is. Jesus answered, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Now if we stop there, that's the Old Testament. Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And he repeats it again later on. Love as I have loved. It, it, it reads very simple, but it's very custom made. It's very radical because Jesus is asking us to do the impossible. No, it's not just love neighbor as self. To me, that's a tall order. Nor is it due unto others as you want done unto yourself. That's obviously it's part of it. But it is to actually love with that heart of Jesus. And Jesus, knowing that Americans would read this new commandment, basically says this works. No matter how tough the culture is, this works because everyone understands the language of kindness and affection and love. Sometimes it's rejected. I, I, I usually greet people if I cross paths, whether I'm in farm country or whether I'm in Nebraska or New York or in Chicago, and usually they greet back. One couple snarled. Okay. But usually, the normal reaction is at least some level of appreciation. Because love is God. We reveal God every time we love. And to get even more specific, because Jesus is the human translation of God. He stays God, but now he takes on a human form. So when I love and when you love, and not to sound silly, but we're... It's analogous to giving someone the Eucharist. It's not, obviously, it's way radically different, but there is similarity. Since God is love and he's revealed as that, as we love, we give them God, we show them God. But before our Lord revealed this custom-made commandment, he did something that had tremendous shock value. Never did this before. Okay, now that I'm, this is my last night, this is my last day, I want them to remember they've gotten three years of the best formation in the world. 
This formation is unparalleled. No one will ever receive this education, this training, this formation. Now they're ready. And he puts them very much on edge. Before he says, new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, he washes feet, 24 feet. Judas's feet were there, as mentioned. Try to win him over, try to get him back. And he gives the reason why wash feet. The feet were not, you know, this is 2,000 years ago. It need, they needed to be washed. No, we have very intelligent people out there, no need for me to elaborate why. But that wasn't the main reason. It was a service, that was a reason. He washed feet because he washed feet. He wanted to wash their feet. He loved them. And he wanted as much hygiene as possible during the supper. But the main reason is this. And he's speaking to you and he's speaking to me. And he's speaking to you and to me from the Holy Eucharist. Because one of the purposes of the gospel is to literally put words into the Eucharistic mouth of Jesus. And we can tell him, Lord, why don't you say something to me? He says, I am. Read the gospel. That's exactly what I want to say to you, personally. After this foot-washing episode, he says, if then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And he doesn't just mean 2,000 years ago. He means 21st century. For I've given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than the master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And in our prayer, you can say whatever you want, we can tell the Lord, Lord, I don't know if I have it in me. And let's take the liberty to put more words in his mouth. I don't want any false inferiority complex. No, but I'm not sensitive. I'm not a people's person. I'm self-centered. I'm sinful. And the Lord is going to tell us, when I issue a commandment, it's because you can live it. And part of this commandment, I mean, if we have to... We're supposed to love with the heart of Christ. He's also commanding, do not write yourself off. Do not run away from this commandment. Do not give in to false humility. And don't underestimate the grace of God. Of course you can. I mean, even on a natural level, you have a big heart. But now it has to be Christified. What's this all about? Someone sent me an email with a link to an article in the New York Times. I don't usually read the New York Times. And so I found the link, opened the link, and it was about a woman who was about six, I think she, literally 67 years old, and she ran a pizza parlor in Brighton, Massachusetts, near Boston. 
And she died of a terminal illness. And the article, about four paragraphs long, how at her funeral, first of all, she packed the church, concelebrants, and from the funeral home to the church, the streets were, well, I don't know if they were totally packed with people, but a lot, big crowds of people, police escort, and placards in front of, you know, attached to the facade of houses and buildings, long winding lines in the funeral home, in, or outside the funeral home. The article mentioned she was a fervent Catholic. And the article mentioned that uh, she never gave a speech, never wrote a book, wasn't especially talented. She made pretty good pizza, though. To me, that's a lot of talent right there. But she was a loving woman. People loved her. She loved them. Now, I'd be asking too much. The New York Times said, well, just as the master said in the gospel, if you love one another as I have loved you, they will know that you're my disciples. Well, the article basically said that without saying it. I, mean, that's, I think that's expecting too much. That'd be a spectacular miracle. But the article obviously caught my attention because I'd open the link and comment to my friend. But it caught my attention because she, and the article mentioned, she would never imagine that kind of recognition. People would come and go and have their lunch and have their supper, and she would form friendships and form relationships. She was, thing was open for over 40 years. And so the system works. Lord, we asked you, well, what must I do? I mean, I probably academically I know what to do, or factually I know what to do, but what must I do? I'm going to read this point, but in a certain sense, I've been around the block enough to know that there is an immediate connection between dealing with Jesus, because his life literally rubs off, his heart rubs off, and loving with his heart. And I don't mean, you know, extraordinary people, friends, family, family of friends who are women or men of Eucharistic piety, of substantial prayer, devotion to the Blessed Mother. They're, they're kind and cheerful and affectionate. There is, there, there is a correlation. And so this first step, I, I've got to, I, I need to deal with them. And so St. Jose Maria says this, no matter how much you may love, you will never love enough. The human heart is endowed with an enormous coefficient of expansion. When it loves, it opens out in a crescendo of affection that overcomes all barriers. If you love our Lord, there will not be a single creature that does not find a place in your heart. That person has been canonized, St. Jose Maria. 
piety, and I was seeing, a matter of fact, I was seeing a, a movie of a get-together of St. Jose Maria in 1972, and he was kind of vivacious and energetic, and I think the uh, subject of charity came in, and he was emphasizing, he says, well, charity, you know, symbol of charity is heat and fire and warmth. And you know those old radiators, you're too young to have one. But these radiators are steam generated. The heat comes from circulating steam. And he was talking about that in this gathering. And he said, well, you just can't turn on the radiator and expect to radiate heat. I says, you, you need to boil the water in the boiler tank. And that will give heat throughout the, ha the house. And the hotter the water in the tank, the more effectively you will heat up the, the house. And they said, well, we are like that radiator, giving off the affection of our Lord. With that in mind, let's make that act of faith, because we won't see the immediate results. Some we will. I mean, thinking of this tailor during the tragedy of World War II in Poland, and he was, had a certain apostate going on. He started an association, Our Lady of the Living Rosary, and he was trying to evangelize the Polish youth to give another response to the demonic tragedy of the Holocaust, World War II, because the wrong, but an understandable response is, you can understand it, you can't justify it, is hatred. And they said, well, though the response is love. And one of the people he dealt with was the future St. John Paul. Befriended him, gave him some guidance, introduced him to the Spanish mystics, especially John of the Cross. And when John Paul was elected, one of his first conversations was about this man. In his wildest dreams, both, would never even fathom the ramification of this deed of kindness, this deed of charity. Whereas our Holy Father talks about his, his grandmother intermittently, very often. Again, a witness. She wouldn't have imagined in her wildest dreams the ramifications of her charity. The pizza woman. Doesn't matter. And it is, yes, it's the piety, there's the boiler room, but then I gotta radiate that heat. And what is that? Well, it's smiling. It's a lot of things. I mean, it's just it's empathy, it's showing interest. You know, when someone wants to talk about their water skiing vacation, let's listen, let's draw them out, and let's, you know, and, the, and, the, and their water skiing feats, it's not our cue to talk about our bungee jumping, to listen to people. These are not easy. These are, you know, perhaps don't sound very glamorous. It's taking a firm interest. It's being available to listen. It's to show joy when we are with people. You come up with a lot of better examples than that. And this is precisely the magnet that attracts others to our Lord.
We could ask the Blessed Mother to ingrain this point from Forge in our mind and heart. How very insistent the Apostle St. John was in preaching the mandatum novum, the new commandment, that we should love one another. I would fall on my knees without putting on any act, but this is what my heart dictates and asks and ask you, for the love of God, to love one another, to help one another, to lend one another a hand, to know how to forgive one another, and so reject all pride, be compassionate, show charity, help each other with prayer and sincere friendship. Not much more to add. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.